Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we're gonna get a little vulnerable, which I'm actually really excited about. This is something that I've been trying to embrace a lot more in my life lately, start to really kind of take down some of the walls that I've put up over the years because when it really comes down to it, those walls, they're not helping many people. They're certainly not helping myself by staying closed off to things, relationships, people, experiences. So I'm really excited today to be talking all about the real and raw truth about brain rewiring. I think it's going to hopefully really resonate for you, and I'm excited to kind of share this part of my story. But first, some updates. So if you are on the fence about applying for Synergy, we're going to be closing enrollment soon. Like, spots are filling up fast. We are well over halfway full at this point, and I'm so excited to be welcoming this round of women into the program because I know how incredibly life-changing brain rewiring has been for me. So if you are thinking about applying, I would absolutely recommend getting your application in soon. We are going to be starting the first week of March. There will be 12 weekly modules. We will be having weekly Q&A calls. And I'm so excited about the Q&A calls because brain rewiring is something that, yeah, sure, you could totally go do it by yourself. But the transformation that you're going to get doing it by yourself versus having a group of supportive people and having a community of people that are going through the exact same thing as you and they really get and understand where you're at it's such a different experience and I'm so thankful that I had the community that I did when I went through the brain rewiring process I don't I honestly don't know what I would have done if I wouldn't have had other people to bounce ideas off of to be able to offer me advice because maybe somebody's gone through it and then for me to be able to share my advice as well was really empowering and really made me feel like I had a lot to bring to the table so I'm very excited to have that community aspect be a big element of this program there's going to be an entire communication channel where you can talk with everybody in between the calls and really feel like you have a support system and support network for the three months of the program. I think that, you know, especially right now with the time period that we're in, it's so important to feel connected to people. And I hear a lot of people saying like, it's hard to make friends as an adult. Like this is how you make friends. You join programs, you connect with people, you share, you know, you be vulnerable and you really connect with people in this way. And this is something that I feel really passionately and really strongly about. And every container that I've been in, that has had a community aspect and focus, I've walked away with tons of friends and I'm really thankful for that. So it's it's highly important to me to create those types of containers in my programs as well. And I'm really excited for this program to start. We're going to be diving all into the science of brain rewiring, how it works, what it can do for you, and also digging into the shadow work, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about today, inner child healing, trauma healing. So all of the deeper elements of brain rewiring that I think if you were to go do this by yourself, you probably wouldn't get as much out of again, but really having other people to kind of like not only be pace setters for you, but to also hold space for you, push and expand you, I think is really important. So if you've been thinking about it, get that application in, you can head to the show notes, you can head to the link in my bio on Instagram. You'll be able to find out a ton more information about the program, including what exactly those weekly modules are. 
and any other information that you're looking for. So again, head to the show notes, head to the link in my bio on Instagram, and I would love to see you apply because I cannot wait to get started with this program. So let's dive into the raw, real truth about brain rewiring. And this is something that I intuitively knew before I started the brain rewiring process. Like I kind of knew it was going to rock my shit. I knew it was going to shake things up for me and I was pretty hesitant to it for a while because like, you know, when you're in your comfort zone, nothing's growing, nothing's changing, but also you don't have that fear of the things that are potentially going to happen. It's like that fear of the future, fear of the unknown. And for me, I was very intuitively called to do brain rewiring. But yeah, there was definitely some hesitation because I was like, I just don't know what that's going to look like for me and my life. But I'm excited to be sharing with you kind of like what I've been going through the last couple of months. And I didn't know how much brain rewiring would have affect me. Um, I was kind of like, you know, I really wanted to use it for things like climbing harder and, you know, growing my business, but it was just, it turned out to be so much more than that. So one of the biggest important factors for brain rewiring to be effective is to make sure that you are in as positive an environment as possible. This is what is going to give you the best chance of having the biggest transformation possible. And what I mean when I say positive environment, this is going to be taking a look at literally everything that you surround yourself with. So relationships, this is going to be probably one of the biggest ones for a lot of people, is who are you surrounding yourself with? Parents, partners, friends, family members, like truly sitting down and reflecting on what you your relationship with each of these people looks like. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, you are a culmination of the five people that you spend the most time with. And if all five of those people are not adding to your life positively, that is absolutely going to have a huge effect on you. And brain rewiring, it literally is working to change your personality in the best way possible um, by raising your vibration and raising your frequency. So if you're spending time with people who either bring you down because they want you to be where they're at, or they really just have a naturally lower frequency, we do have to re-examine that relationship. And it might be necessary to put boundaries in place, at least for the first couple of few months, and then be able to reevaluate afterwards. I want you to think about like, how are you being treated by this person? Um, Is that in alignment with how you know you should be treated? Because oftentimes we are so willing to like overlook people's the way that they treat us essentially and kind of like justify it or rationalize it in some way. But while you're going through the brain rewiring process, like you, you can no longer do that. Like you have to come first and you have to be a priority because otherwise, if you are in an environment that isn't going to be completely supportive of you and I mean, essentially like life giving for you, it's going to be so much harder to do the brain rewiring process. And I'm going to tell you firsthand, like the the process doesn't need to be harder than it is. So it's like really that environment and the relationships aspect of things that's so incredibly important. So I want you to also think too about the activities that you take part in right now, um, the information that you're taking in specifically. So what types of TV shows are you watching? Um, I'm going to have to say that the murder shows and this big suspense shows are probably going to be putting you on edge, um, even if it doesn't feel like it. And yes, I know some people are going to be like, no way, that's totally not happening. But in your brain, like the thing that's happening there is it's kind of always expecting the other shoe to drop and it's putting you in those negative and lower frequency emotions and vibrations. So it would be a really good idea to put this on hold during the brain rewiring process. So really examining like, what am I watching on Netflix, on Amazon, Hulu, whatever it is. Um, Although maybe Disney. Disney Plus can stick around if you're watching some feel-good stuff. Also, podcasts. So similar to the TV shows, really taking a look at what you're consuming here. 
Again, the suspense and the negativity, this can really wait until after brain rewiring. The news is going to be a huge one. And I know a lot of people are, you know, I don't want to say dependent on the news, but yeah, like we want to absolutely know what's happening and keep up with the current events. But if it's, if you're getting pulled into that negative loop and negative feedback, then really taking a look at like, okay, believing and trusting that the news that you need to know and you need to hear is going to find you. It absolutely will find you. I think Instagram can also be something that we take a look at here and really examining who are the accounts that I'm following right now? Do they make me feel really good when I interact with them? Do I leave feeling better? You know, is it that positive like emotion and energy that you get out of it? Or are we following accounts like maybe it's news accounts, maybe it's meme accounts, maybe it's fitness, um, like fitspo accounts that after you interact with them, like you just really don't like you don't feel good about it. So those types of things can wait until after brain rewiring is done. Music is also another one. And I am all for the sad music. Like I fucking love sad music. Um, it's kind of like my regular go-to, but thinking about branching out might be a good idea during this time. And this is all temporary. I'm not saying give, give all of these things up for forever. I'm saying for a three month span of time, put yourself in as positive vibrations and energy as you possibly can to give yourself the best chance of getting the biggest transformations that you possibly can. You know, maybe reaching for some more upbeat and happy type of music. And again, it's just temporary. You can give anything up for a short period of time. And also thinking too about your literal environment. So how do you feel right now about where you're living? So can you add more plants, sunshine, open spaces, or whatever makes you the most happy? You know, maybe it's going to be cleanliness. I think we all have different levels of cleanliness, which we feel comfortable with. And really, really like thinking like what makes you feel your best? So maybe you need to buy some cute string lights, or maybe you need to get like an actual desk for your work at home station. What is going to make you the happiest and bring you the most joy in the next couple of months and not just make you feel like you're tolerating everything that's happening around you. So after you've taken that detailed look at your life and what's taking place in it, you can start the brain rewiring process. And as I've said before, it's not just the brain rewiring rounds or meditations that really make this so effective. There are so many other components that help you change your life. And this is where the deep shit comes in. This is where shadow work comes in, inner child healing, trauma work. And we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into both the shadow work and the inner child healing in this episode. And and how they can be helpful for you in the brain rewiring process. I'm also, I drew a card, um, an oracle card at the beginning of this. I just felt like really called to pull a card for this podcast episode. It's not something I've ever done before, but I'm going to be reading that towards the end as well. And I, I, I see now why I was so called to pull this card because it is so incredibly fitting um, and it's a really powerful card. So I'm going to talk first a little bit about shadow work and the shadow, it, this refers to the side of ourselves that we can't necessarily see, the side of ourselves that we've either repressed or pushed aside or we aren't aware of. Our shadow typically develops in childhood where it's mostly formed by the age of 18. This is where we learn what is acceptable and what isn't. We assign a lot of meaning to things, you know, either good or bad. Both of those are in quotes um, because good and bad is going to mean something different to everybody. And oftentimes our shadow is, it's unconscious and it's, it's unconscious because we don't even realize that we put aspects of ourselves into the shadow. So these are going to be things like thoughts, attitudes, characteristics, emotions, behaviors, impulses, motivations, 
all of these things are a part of us, but they're not in our consciousness. We're not necessarily, you know, trying to like put these on display for other people. So these are the parts of ourselves that we deny because we believe that they are unacceptable or quote bad. We push away these things, you know, because we've deemed them unacceptable. But the good thing and the benefit about doing something like shadow work and really learning to integrate the shadow and show up as your authentic, you know, your true self, like showing up as you, even with all of these things that you've determined to be flaws or bad about yourself, shadow work can really help you get to know parts of yourself that you've repressed probably since a very young age. And Anything that we repress, it can grow stronger subconsciously. So if we're never taking a look at like what's under the hood, like maybe a maybe a car analogy would be great here is if you're <laughs> if you know you've got some issues with your car, but you're like, I refuse to look at that those issues do not go away. Um, oftentimes, those issues continue to get worse and worse. And then finally, your entire car breaks down and you're like, what happened? And really in the back of your mind, you kind of knew like, I totally neglected or ignored this issue. And that's probably why all of these things are coming up in a really big way now. So with shadow work and learning to kind of embrace these parts of yourself that you probably pushed away for a really long time, this can be anything from being overly competitive, um, wanting or needing to be liked, so people-pleasing is a big one, self-sabotage, negative self-talk, addiction, obsessive behavior, comparison trap, comparing yourself to other people. Once we start to really work on these things and identify where did these come from, why have I deemed this to be so bad, and how can I really integrate this in myself moving forward, it can help you to unlock a lot more confidence, creativity, and really just like be so confident in yourself because you're going to be showing up so much more authentically. You're going to be able to release a lot of judgment or preconceived notions about what you're feeling and really be able to do that deeper dive and start to understand how you work as a whole person. So in order to start doing some of this shadow work, um, really examining what triggers you. So starting with your triggers and being able to start with, like, when is the last time you got upset? You know, something that maybe wasn't a huge deal. Maybe you stubbed your toe. Maybe you were trying to <laughs> record a podcast episode and it was just a little bit too loud outside. Um, maybe your dog barked and scared you. Can you tell these are all things that <laughs> have triggered me in the last couple of days? But I really want you to think of, like, when was the last time you, that you were triggered and what emotions came up. So the emotions that come up after triggers, those are going to shine a light on our shadow. So things like anger, sadness, anxiety, whatever it is, oftentimes like if we, if we don't accept it, we're never going to be able to change it. So we have to be able to embrace these things and these parts of ourselves, knowing that we do have the power to change because what we resist persists. I'll say that again. What we resist persists. It's always going to kind of come up later down the road, probably in a bigger way, similar to that car analogy, if we just keep pushing it under the rug. So when you're triggered, I want you to, you know, challenge yourself to do a deeper dive into childhood and really work backwards. When did this trigger first show up for you? When did this emotion first show up for you? Maybe it's the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment. Maybe it's a lot of anxiety around, you know, spending time around a parent or a family member or whoever it is. But where do you see these patterns for yourself? And where do you see them show up within yourself right now? Because everything is a mirror for us. It's a reflection of what is going on in you and your shadow is an aspect of yourself that you do need to be able to address. It's going to help you 
be able to heal both your relationship with yourself and consequently with other people as well. We know that when we are more integrated, when we are happier, we're going to have better relationships with other people. We're going to show up and move through the world a lot better. And these patterns, they can be really insightful for us so we can start to do some of this deeper work and really unravel like where's this behavior coming from. Being able to peel back the layers and shattering our notions of what we've, you know, already deemed to be good and bad. Really working to accept and love yourself as a whole and doing the loving work to shift out of those patterns. Because you're not going to hate yourself out of those patterns. That's It's just not going to happen. It's I've tried it. It's really hard. Um, I would much rather see you love and accept yourself unconditionally and then do the work to consciously change those negative patterns that you're in. And when we push things back into the shadow or our subconscious and try to keep them there to avoid, you know, really operating from that place, it often does come back out as self-sabotage through our actions, you know, generally unintentionally, but it's going to show up in our lives. And then at that point, you probably don't have control over it. So we want to get to a point where you can own and accept it before that happens. So shadow work right now might seem like you're just trying to find out all the bad stuff, quote, bad stuff about yourself. But what shadow work really is, is it's challenging the idea that these aspects of us are, quote, bad. It really helps us to work through these aspects so that they don't have to be unconsciously expressed in ways that are harmful both to ourselves or potentially other people as well. So for me, I've been doing a lot of shadow work the last couple of months and oh my god, it is fucking painful because I have swept so many things under the rug for so long that I didn't even notice it was coming up in different ways for me. I didn't notice that my... (laughs) fear of not being liked was ultimately coming out in my climbing and me not me essentially being afraid to climb and try hard in front of other people. I made a lot of excuses and I really like I was kind of shooting myself in the foot for a really long time and I didn't notice or even like cared to know where a lot of this behavior was coming from in the first place. So for me, like, yes, those feelings of, you know, being afraid to not be liked. That was a big one, working through feelings of jealousy, comparison, um, and why I worked so hard in the first place to hide these parts of myself instead of trying to integrate them. And it really, for me, showed up in, I wasn't allowing myself to show up authentically as like my whole person. Like I was definitely hiding parts of myself so that I would, you know, be more like, quote, socially acceptable. And I think there are really important questions to ask yourself when starting to do shadow work. So, Things like, are there emotions that you're trying to avoid feeling? What makes you afraid to feel those emotions? What are you afraid will happen if you do feel those emotions? So if you're anything like me, you're probably like pretty guarded and or... You know, you've had things happen in your life to where you feel like you need to be really strong and tough all the time and you can't show emotion or, you know, like you feel bad if you do show emotion, like you maybe feel like you push people away or you kind of like freak people out with your emotions. So for me, for a long time, I was really trying to operate like, no, I'm fine. I can take care of myself. I'm really independent, which which I am. And I do love that part about myself. But I kind of like wasn't letting anybody in because of that, too. So also asking yourself, like, what do you what do you right now think of as your quote worst trait and what makes that so bad? What positive aspects does this trait potentially bring with it as well? So this is this is really going to probably bring some deep shit up for you and brain rewiring. That's exactly the point of this is you want to bring up that deep shit. You want to really get super clear on those subconscious negative brain pathways that are making it hard for you to live the life that you want. I mean, essentially, it's like an obstacle or a barrier 
prior to you living the life that you know that you could have. So it's it's really, really worth it to do this work. And in Synergy, I'm going to be teaching everybody, you know, how to really start going about shadow work. I do think that this is an ongoing process because, you know, we're human beings, we're dynamic, we're constantly picking up new things, we're constantly having new experiences. So giving you tools for the future and also giving you tools to really dive into your past and start to really like examine where did this behavior come from in the first place? Where did I learn this? And then how you can start to integrate that going forward so that you can show up as your whole self and you can start to accept yourself as well. Because I want you to feel really confident. I really want you to feel good in your body. I want you to feel good about who you are as a person. And like, for me, it's so clear that how you feel about yourself, what you're capable of and what your what your worth and value is, that that absolutely shows up in your climbing and how you approach climbing and how you're able to interact with other people as well. So getting into inner child work. So when you're younger, your brain really acts as a sponge. You're constantly learning. You're taking in information. You're witnessing a lot of things. You're really like taking all of that in. And our brains store that in the subconscious. Like our brains really, really act as a sponge, especially from ages, you know, pretty young to around 14. So with inner child work, it's going to be things like the way that we were raised, spoken to, the things that we were taught, the experiences that we had, things that really impacted us deeply. So these can and they definitely do create limiting beliefs that impact our lives and the success that we are able to achieve or the success that we think that we're able to achieve. So whatever we took in when we were younger as a truth, this was stored in the subconscious and it might have created a deep limiting belief because of that. So I think a lot of this and for me, the ones that I've really specifically been working on um, have been around money, around success, around my worth. And it's not that your parents didn't do a great job. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever, but you are not your parents. So you cannot receive the same exact love as, you know, what your parent might need or what your parent gives and call it good. You know what I mean? Like if you want to take this back to like the love languages, like you probably have different love languages to your parents or to your friends or to your partner. So how can you expect, you know, one person to kind of be everything for you? Like it's, that's a really big expectation to put on somebody, honestly, but with this, so kind of like really digging into what you believe as an adult right now, I think is is really important. And being able to be that person that you needed when you were younger, that's what inner child work is all about, is being able to kind of go back to that memory and provide the type of love that you needed at the time. So maybe that is going to be a giant hug. Maybe it's somebody telling you that everything's going to be okay. Maybe it's somebody comforting you in a certain way and you being able to provide that love for yourself because ultimately you're the only one that can provide that. So let's dig into, I'll, I'll give you some examples of like where this could show up and where inner child healing can be really helpful. So let's say, for example, you watched your parents struggle a lot with money when you were younger. This could have Im- implanted the limiting belief that money is stressful and it's really hard to make. Another example could be you were only praised when you had really good grades or straight A's. So from this, you might have learned that you had to be perfect in order to be loved, which could set you up for self-sabotage, people-pleasing, and a lot of perfectionist tendencies. 
Um, other things you were taught to be seen and not heard. So now this might have impacted you because maybe you're afraid to use your voice and share your message with the world. Maybe you're afraid to speak up for yourself in difficult situations. Maybe you were told to hide your feelings when you were younger. So things like crying, anger, whatever it was, and you learned that expressing emotions is weakness. We know that it's not, but you can see how if you were told these things or if you were, you know, people acted a certain way around you when you did express your emotions that you could have picked up these beliefs and still carry them now when you're an adult. So maybe another example is you said that you were really cold and you wanted a jacket and your parents said, you know, it's it's only 40 some degrees. You're not cold. It's not cold out. Um, this may have taught you not to trust in your own feelings. That's a really big one as well. So not trusting yourself, not trusting your decision making, not even trusting like what you're feeling to be true. So you can start to see like these are all so important. Like where did you get your beliefs from and can you pinpoint that exact moment potentially in your childhood where you started to form a lot of these beliefs. So get really clear on the needs that weren't met when you were a child. Think about how children act right now. So a lot of the times they're really playful, they're curious, they're creative, they're pretty vulnerable. Children are generally very innocent, they're deeply feeling, they're sensitive, they're open-minded, they desire a lot of connection and safety, and they're kind of total in expression, like their anger, sadness, joy, like whatever it is they're feeling, you're probably going to know it. So being able to meet those needs for yourself now, allowing yourself to explore those emotions and go deeper when you need to. So starting to incorporate some of this inner child healing and inner child work is start talking to yourself like the inner child, you know, the love that you never received. And when you do have fears, try to think of the first time that you ever felt that fear. Go back to that place and essentially watch it as if you were a third person or a third party point of view and be able to watch the situation unfold, pause it just like a TV at a certain point in time, go in comfort and love on yourself, tell yourself that it's going to be okay, and really do a lot of thought shifting around Potentially, where are the other people in this situation coming from? Can you give those people a little bit of compassion and grace? Because most people are just doing the best with the tools that they have. So give yourself that love that you never got. You can talk to yourself again, like encourage yourself, give praise. You can allow yourself to have more fun in your daily life as well. Um, one of my favorite things that I've heard is don't put yourself in a permanent timeout just because you're an adult. And I really love this line because I think a lot of us act like, wow, like life has to suck now that I'm adult. And we know that's not true, but like, why are we acting like it? And how can you really be more childlike in your daily life? Things like watching Disney movies, baking cookies, rolling around in the grass, doing nothing all day. What did you miss out on as a kid? You can do it now. And as an adult, like you have total free will, total free freedom to do whatever it is that you want. Maybe you just need a really good cry. Maybe you just need to like let it all out, being able to release those trapped emotions and being able to hug yourself when that happens. You can hug yourself when you're happy as well. And I think it's really important to when you're doing this type of work just know that yes it's going to be emotionally draining so like for me I always kind of set myself up to where like not that I have it planned and or on the calendar but 
I definitely don't do it on days where I kind of feel like trash already, if you know what I mean. Like I, I do it on days where I'm feeling pretty good and I feel like I can handle it because a lot of the times, like there are going to be a lot of emotions that come out. There are going to be things that come up for you, which maybe would be harder to handle on a more difficult day. And for me, I've been really diving into the fear of rejection, not being liked. Um, I moved schools when I was a junior in high school. Um, 10 out of 10 would not recommend doing that. Um, I'm really thankful that it happened now. I've been able to do a lot of work and thought shifting around it, and it's one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Um, but at the time, it sucked. I moved from Minnesota to Idaho. I was fully, fully, fully convinced that we were going to be moving to a potato farm because I just, you know, I didn't know any better, honestly. Um, and I was like so irritated, so upset at my parents. You know, I had to get an entire new group of friends. I quit soccer because I just didn't, I couldn't deal with, like, I couldn't. I didn't want to make new friends anymore. Like I was so tired and so exhausted of it. Um, I, I still kept swimming. Like that's the one sport that I did keep. I quit band because I was just like, I didn't want to have to go through that like horrid process of trying to make friends when you are like 16 years old. So for me, you know, that was something that I've done a lot of work around. I've done a lot of inner child healing around because I was confused. I was upset. I didn't know why we had to move. You know, I, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't just stay with somebody else in Minnesota and continue on my life. You know what I mean? So for me, that's something that I've done a lot of work around. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of tears from it, especially like that fear of rejection. I realized for me that was showing up huge, um, trying to further relationships. Um, so whether that's friends, you know, romantically, that fear of rejection, that's the one that has really stuck with me. And I, I do believe it's because of that move that I had when I was 16, because I was so worried that this new group of people was going to reject me that I was like pretty much willing to do whatever it was to be accepted by these kids um, and to, to just have friends so that I could like, quote, feel safe um, in school. And I went through a lot of bullying at that point in time too. Um, you know, a couple girls were like super mean to me um, for dating this guy that they liked. And it was just like, you know, it was really hard, but being able to go back and do some of this inner child work because, you know, I have a lot more knowledge around this now and I have a lot more tools that I can use and incorporate to really help myself when maybe I, I I don't think I could have helped myself in the same way back then. You know, if I would have known back then, obviously I would have done it. But with inner child work, like there's going to be a lot of tears, going to be a lot of emotions. And somewhere along the way in all of this, like I, I think I picked up that showing emotions was weak and that it was that being vulnerable was not something that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to be taken advantage of because of my emotions. And I've been working to unravel this for myself and really allowing myself to feel again in the last couple of months and like, holy shit, there's a lot of feels in there. There's a lot of things that I really shoved down and like didn't allow myself to he to, to feel, but in order to heal it, you've got to feel it. Like that's, that's the way it goes. Like you can't just keep shoving it under the rug. And I always try to cover up my sadness um, or that rejection with frustration and anger because that felt more safe for me. Um, I didn't want to show that I was hurt because, you know, in my mind, potentially people could use that against me or that's what I told myself anyway. So with all of this work and the reason that I bring these things up is because I think a lot of people do struggle with, you know, not having the tools to either feel their emotions or heal what they're feeling. So for me, shadow work and inner child work have been just 
so, so, so eye-opening for me. And at first I was like totally closed off to the idea. I was like, I don't need to do any inner child stuff. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and I've definitely come around since then. And it's it's allowed me to show up a lot better um, for myself and for other people as well, for my clients. Um, and in my, you know, with my family, with my relationships, like, I'm really glad that I've I took that chance on myself and that I've been doing this deeper work. Um, I do have an entire journal dedicated to all of this, and you know, some days it gets really rough and things come up that I'm like, whoa, where did that even come from? But I'm really thankful that I did. And with that, I want to go ahead and read the card that I pulled before diving into this episode. So I'm using the Star Seed Oracle deck. I really like this deck. It has beautiful artwork. And the card that I drew, it says, I remember. Um, so the words under it are soul plan and the fated life versus the destiny life. So the image on the card is a woman bent over. She's kind of staring down into what looks like a galaxy and really contemplating like where does she want her life to lead. So I'm going to go ahead and read the card entry for this. So there was a moment before you were born when you chose the conditions of the life you're living right now, when you plotted out these exact moments along the timeline of your life. We live in a world of free will and therefore these moments become our destiny only through saying yes. The fated life is the one we were born into. The destiny life is the one our soul chooses and it takes courage and faith if you pull this card, it's because you're likely now face-to-face -face with the choice to follow the destiny life over the fated life, to trust the path your soul is calling you toward, and to remember that this moment was prearranged on your life's timeline. You may find yourself at a crossroads, at a moment when you're being called to make a decision, to keep walking the perfectly laid out path before you, or choose the one less traveled. You may be facing a change of career, a new relationship, a difficult decision, or something else that requires courage and faith. You're being invited to remember your soul's greater plan and to surrender to it. When you're confronted with a path that's undefined, it's normal for doubt to rear its head. In fact, this is a certain sign that you're facing your soul's greater plan. Every hero in his or her life journey comes eye to eye with doubt. The only way around it is through it it's all part of the larger plan. So you can see why I wanted to share this card with you because we we are probably being faced with a crossroads right now. Do I continue living the life that I'm living? You know, maybe it's one of a little bit more comfort, but you're not happy with it. Or do I take a chance on myself and follow and do what I know that I really need to do, even if it's going to be hard, even if I don't know what it's going to bring on the other side? So Hopefully you enjoyed that card pull. I know for me that one really spoke to me. And with the inner child work and the shadow work, brain rewiring really helps you to integrate these into the meditation rounds and to help you heal, gain confidence, and truly start showing up as your authentic self. So if you've been called to apply to Synergy, I would absolutely recommend doing so. You don't lock yourself into anything with just the application. It's just for me to get a good sense of where you're at and see if the things that you're really struggling with can help you um, can help you move forward and brain rewiring if that could be a really helpful part of the journey i'm never going to be anything but honest with you on if i think it can help you or not um for me again like i went into brain rewiring you know primarily and only focused on sports performance growing my business and i was like holy shit this is so much more than that and if i can bring this tool to other people to help them feel more confident help them feel better about themselves help them trust their themselves and their intuition and show up better you know for other people and for themselves as well for me that's so worth it 
So in this process, I feel like I almost did have to break down completely in order to rebuild myself. But I'm so thankful that I did because, yeah, it was painful. It sucks. You know, nobody wants to like (laughs) have to go through this. But in order to kind of get to the other side, sometimes like the breakdown, sometimes it really is the breakthrough. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you go leave a rating and a review on iTunes. This helps a lot of other people find the show as well. And if you're interested in learning more about Synergy or anything else that I have to offer, I will link everything in the show notes and I will see you next episode.